1: tell you this, Green Bay is a great town for football. No one is perfect, nobody can be perfect, but by striving for absolute perfection, you raise yourself notches above what you may have been content to be. Who's our head ref today? This yes, is Tony Carrente. this is his rookie year. Oh, we're going to give him some 19 19 oh, Fuck
2: What's up everybody, this is Danny Vitale, the fullback for the Green Bay Packers, and you're listening to the Poor Man's Packer Podcast. Go Pack Go!
3: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I'm Spencer Szymanski, joined as always with Kyle Tchaikovsky. Kyle. Hello. And what do you know? We did it again.
4: Final four, baby. Moving
3: on. Yeah, your your favorite Andy Herman tweet, the one about uh when we play, we'll <laughs> be one of the last five teams. But now we're one of the last
4: four teams. One
3: of the last four
4: teams. It's God, it always feels good beating those Seahawks. Pesky. Pesky Seahawks. Pesky, they just wouldn't go away. Russell, he he had some magic in his sleeve, but uh it it ran out. Not yeah, not enough.
3: Uh it's it's one of those things I was thinking about it yesterday. Uh if you told us a year ago, you know, that we would be in the NFC championship game in Matt LaFleur's first year. It literally like sounds like a dream. Like if if I dreamt that and woke up the next day and be like that's not going to happen. There's no way that's going to happen.
4: But I I mean a reality. I uh I would believe it. Ugh. I would be like surprised, but I would I mean it's number 12, dude. That's all it is. Yeah. He was well, flicking that thing and it was when it he was plays finally. like that. I just, I would have believed it. Yeah, it's. And here we are. Here never, we are,
3: yeah, folks. You can, have, you can never doubt them, but it's it's something special. So, Kyle, you were at the game. I, I haven't was. really talked to you since it happened. How was playoff football really, at Alambo
4: Field? Really, really incredible experience. Some incredible seats were on about the 25-yard line on the Seahawks side behind their bench, like 14 rows up. So we were very close to all the action. We saw a lot. Um, And, yeah, it was the one thing that I loved most about the experience is we stood the entire game. Yeah. Which is not something that's common when when I go to games.
3: When they were showing the fans during the game, because I saw that, too, and it was like the second quarter. I'm like, shoot, there's still guys, people standing. And it, it was like second down. Like, this doesn't usually happen. There was
4: not a single play of the game where I was sitting down. And, like, usually, you know, they kicked off and Jones had that big play to start. Yep. And then uh, it was, like, second and six or whatever, like, a couple plays later. So I figured, okay, everyone's going to, you know, settle in and sit down. Yeah. Like everyone in front of us was like still standing. I'm like, if they're not gonna sit down, I'm not gonna sit down. I guess
3: it turns into a thing where, well, you can't be the first person. Exactly. So yeah,
4: it just like carried the rest of the game. We just stood the whole game. It was it was awesome.
3: Nice. Okay. Long long uh, tailgating day two. I'm sure with the 5:40 kickoff.
4: 5:40 kick started at about 10:45 a.m. That is. Mm -hmm. Well, 10:45 p.m. the previous night. (laughs) Yeah. We're there for. Seventeen hours. No. Um. Yeah. It was. Uh. It was a good tailgate. Met some cool people across the way. Um. They had. They had a TV set up. They had like this Ooh. makeshift tent TV set up to. So we saw the Chiefs get in big trouble, but then not in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. All in all, through and through, it was of the not to brag, probably twenty plus twenty five plus games I've been to. That is already in the top three experiences it's it's literal but it's also not
3: literal it seemed like there was like a glow at lambeau field on sunday night that's Especially, a good way to put it saw a lot of pictures afterwards of like the spotlights going on too you don't usually see that at least with mm. it started with snowing snow as well too, it was just so everything seemed right and i don't know what it is but it's something about a brown lambeau field under the lights is what lambeau
4: field yes, should because you just know that that means it's late in the year and so it's meaningful football time. And so, yeah, that just brings a different... Yeah. I really love the the divisional symbol painted on the field, too. That's how you know shit's getting real. Exactly. And now we're seeing the uh, the
3: conference championship logo in the back of all the press conferences yes. going on, too. It's like, oh, shit, that's
4: right. Shit's getting real. And you got, like, Devonte and Aaron Jones, uh-huh. like, standing up on the podium. Yeah. I was like,
3: oh, this, yeah, this must be a they, conference championship. They had day. their interviews today and they even brought it up with Aaron Jones. You know, have you ever been in this room? He's like, no, I've never yeah. been in this room before,
4: <laughs> like, which is great. You get directions here. Yeah so that your your game day experience was great running into a lot of Ooh. people mine no hold oh, on you're going to say something sorry last thing about the glow yep. they, like you said the glow it was there wasn't a lot of Seahawks fans so I was very appreciative of that did not see a lot of blue yeah cuz i was
3: thinking about even going to the game cuz i think on thursday i heard uh the Seahawks fans actually the Seahawks returned a bunch of tickets cuz they didn't have enough fans claim them oh yikes so I was, well it makes sense they are in washington
4: Sh- oh sure but,
3: but- it was one of those things where it's like, oh man, it's gonna be quite the quite the fan group there at Lambeau because it's gonna be the majority Packer fans, and I'm mm-hmm. sure it was. How how loud was it? Oh, it was to other it games? was loud.
4: It com- yeah, compared to other games, it was it was up there for sure. Very good, very good. So now, sorry, back to your experience.
3: My experience was completely different. I watched the game by myself at the house. Nice. Low
4: key, like. One of my favorite watching experiences. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. It, sometimes.
3: Well, that and that's the thing, because especially in the fourth quarter, I was like, "Thank God, I am not." So, you know, I was going to go to a buddy's Hearing someone place. like
4: chatter in your ear. It was
3: one of my buddies' his birthday, and he also had people over to watch the Packer game. There was like twenty people there, and I'm like, in the fourth quarter, I'm like, "Thank, I cannot." I'm glad too, I'm not around other people. Too stressful. Too stressful. I watched the game by myself. Had the Al Harris jersey. Hung up like on the side on the wall, just watching it. It was my break in case of emergency. Yeah, a little glass case around it. <laughs> Al Harris jersey, and when I'm like, I don't want to grab it, don't want to grab it. And then when we got the ball the final time, I'm like, I have to grab the fuck the Al Harris jersey. I might have even grabbed it for the last defensive series, threw it over the shoulder, and then from there on out, we were good. Hey,
4: to go. that's situational awareness, <laughs> and uh, you got the job done. Yeah, it's well played.
3: Y- you got to keep the mojo going, but uh, yeah. That's it for the for the intro. On this episode we'll break down the offense and defense of the game, follow that up with take news, where we're going to go over the war on analytics. Mm. We will have is Kyle an idiot slash stump spenny, and of course, Dumb Packer fan of the week, finish it off with a preview of the very important Niners game coming up. So All right. getting right into it, Packers won. Don't know if you forgot, twenty three to twenty eight.
4: Twenty 23 Good
3: yep. guys. Fun fun game for the most part, kind of a game of two halves, but Aaron Rodgers is back. At least playoff, Aaron Rodgers is back. He graded out as a 92 on Pro Football Focus, too, which was his highest grade of the year, which is the right time to do it. Him and Devontae both were, quote-unquote, elite. Yes. Which is important to remember. We might talk about this elite status later as well. It it was just, we he couldn't miss. It was for everyone who said Devontae, when Devontae came back, it kind of hurt the offense. This
4: was the yeah, definition feels of why like, that feels like that was eight months ago. Beat
3: it was hurt Devonte, and now it's like okay, now that we have a healthy Devonte Adams, look at what can happen. Mm-hmm. And it was a great night of Aaron Rodgers football.
4: Yeah, he, he was he was flicking that thing. God, I just the football just leaves his his hand differently. I don't know. It just does.
3: It yeah. It's especially at t- when there's a couple off the back foot where you just see it
4: flick. Float in the air, just Mm -hmm. right off
3: his hands. And you're like, this this feels right.
4: On the run, in the pocket, under duress. He he made all the throws. Yep. 16 for
3: 27, 243 yards, two touchdowns. But he did do a little bit of everything. The Rodgers
4: sneak. I can't remember the last time he
3: snuck. And I don't think he remembered the last time he had a QB sneak.
4: I was asking everyone around me, when is the last time we saw that? Yeah. Like, certainly not this year. Certainly not last year with the leg. Year before that, I think he was was hurt again.
3: Yeah, so it's been literal
4: literal years since. Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't like seen anything on the Twitter sphere yet of like the last. And
3: they were giving him crap too in in the facility because they earlier in the week they had a clip or they had a, you know, some film of like his last twenty sneaks. So they were giving him shit for that. And sure enough, they actually of Rogers. Yeah, I was (laughs) interesting. Yeah, because I was. All year too, especially like the Eagles game when we didn't run on the goal line. It's like, well, why don't we sneak and finally it's like, oh okay, we're saving it for winning. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, he had that fourteen yard run too. It's it's something like back in the day, he would almost be sprinting long strides and he was more of a of a threat when it came to running. And now I'm watching him and it looks like he is a toddler <laughs> that has He's taking something that he should not have, and he's running away from his parents. Like, I should, this should not be happening. This should not be happening right now. It's just always looking behind him, Get ready good. for someone to get him. But, yeah, overall, great great game for Rodgers, but we can't talk about him without getting into the pass catchers. First off, obviously, Devontae Adams. Career eight, day. Eight catches a for 160 yards.
4: Franchise record for those
3: 160 yards. Yep, I don't know if you saw that. Little trivia, who did he beat? Um, I would... um. It was Jermichael Finley, 159 yards, which I believe was against the Cardinals in that playoff game in 2000. The
4: the shootout?
3: The shootout game. And Jermichael Finley, apparently, he was at the game, too. I don't know if you saw that. He was at the game with Brandon Bostick, actually. Wow. There was a lot of star power in the house that night. Yeah, we didn't get to that. Did they have any type of captain thing at the beginning with Al Harris and all that? Or...
4: Did yeah, they, they called him out of the tunnel, and people were going nuts. Okay, so oh, yeah.
3: Because we don't see that who on was the, It on was TV. Al
4: Harris and who? It was Al Harris and James Jones.
3: Yeah, that's what we yeah. were wondering, too. Did he wear the
4: hoodie? Did you see that? Um, I don't <sighs> recall. But, yeah, I just remember people went nuts for James Jones, but people really went nuts for Al Harris. There must have been a
3: lot of Al Harris jerseys there, too. I would, I would hope that's when people are breaking it out. But, yeah, two touchdowns for Devontae Adams, the fake rub route. That was pretty cool. You must have seen all those clips after the game as well, where early on they they did the actual, where they where they would switch. Oh, and then the his first one, touchdown? His first touchdown. He
4: went, oh, I just remember seeing that play live and thinking, because it was on, because like I said, I was on the 25. Yep. Well, both of his touchdowns were right in front of us, which was awesome. But the first one, like I remember watching that part of the line of scrimmage too. Mm-hmm. And like, seeing him and Gmo, like, run at each other, and I'm like, uh-oh, like, like a, a little panic, like, <laughs> yep. oh, this is miscommunication. And it was third down, too, so it was like, oh miscommunication, right. whatever. And, then, and Duke- then, yeah, and then just, like, wide open. And then, yeah, seeing, because obviously I didn't get all the angles till you know, the the day after, but, like, seeing that route concept, like, from the sky view was, yes. oh, my God, yeah. beautiful.
3: Uh, Yeah, and that, that second touchdown he had, too, that was, for as much as, you know, the whole offense not having rhythm, offense feeling off, that that reminded me of, like, the Green Bay Packers again. And they talked about it later on in the week, too, how Rogers was, was saying Adams is getting to that Jordy territory where they're, they're kind of on the same wavelength at all times on the field. And you see that, too. Just when he cuts back and jukes the defender, it's like, this is a touch. Yeah. Up. But it's running in the open space for that long. It's like this – we remember this happening so many times with, like, James Jones and Jordy and Cobb. It's nice to have – that feeling or
4: it's like a defender isn't even in the screen exactly yes exactly and like just seeing that because it was it was second and six that's what I love about second and those Mm. type of yardage because it's like it was play action I think they had some pre-snap motion and it was just like play action is made for that down in distance and yeah sure enough I don't know what the safety was doing. He was he was watching twenty five yards off the ball, and then yeah, he had a great seat for the for the play. Yeah, and then wasn't yeah, was nowhere near catching him. So um, yeah, that was a very very fun play to watch as well because it he caught it and he like you know stops and then cuts up field, and I remember. Just sitting there with my jaw dropped, like not even cheering yet. Like, <laughs> what is this, going on? This is too easy. What's going on here? And are then, are they both professional athletes? Because
3: yeah. one seems better than the other. Yeah, it was a great play. He had a really uh, undervalued play, I would say, is the pass interference he forced mm. uh, in that third quarter or second quarter, it might have been w- right after the hold, which has been our, you know, kryptonite. Most teams kryptonite, but we don't seem to score after that happens. And to follow it up with a first down because the hold was huge. But we don't have to talk about that because the most important play was another third and eight. Yes, which with two minutes left. bea Beautiful. That was another one of those where, like you, like we were saying earlier, the
4: ball just coming off of Rodgers' hand. Beautiful. They, they, they just, um, the Packers' Twitter account just posted a like highlight video of the best plays mm-hmm. from each game. Yep. And it like that play was very similar to the one to him against Philadelphia, where it was Rodgers snapped it, looked to the oh, left to bring it Oh, was that the play
3: s- he got hurt on?
4: No. Okay. No. Continue, but uh, sorry. it was, yeah, it was snapped it. He looked left to bring the, to, you know, freeze the safety. Yep. Turn back right. No, like, didn't, wasn't mm. like no hitch, no hesitation, just flick it and, l- like, some quarterbacks don't even hand the ball off that accurately. <laughs>
0: yeah. And that was uh, right
4: yeah. in his bucket. Like, I, I've watched that throw since it happened. At least twenty-seven times, yeah, because it just—it's
3: one of those. While you're watching it, the play isn't over, but in your mind, it is. Because he's got half a step on the defender, he's got the safety that's just enough out of the way, and you see the ball, and it's like this is the way the ball's going moving, right you where just it's, know that it's money. Like you know, everyone's hopping up on their couch when they see the ball in the air there, because you know it's going to be a conversion, and sure enough, it was. Rogers even said after the game, like you said earlier before we started recording. Wish he
4: would have fell in bounds. Yeah, a <laughs> little, little uh, passive aggressive shot there. Yes. Which, but he's right though. I mean, yeah. you gotta you gotta stay in <laughs> yeah. bounds there. Yeah, what what a help because we we ended up needing one more first down after that. But yes. even if what? he would have stayed in, that would have made. We can get right into transition. it.
3: This is where we usually talk about the bubble poppers, the normal but bubble poppers. This was a
4: bubble inflator, baby. Jimmy
3: Geronimo and MVS, but my God, Jimmy Graham! Everyone was saying it. Hey, maybe, worth every penny. <laughs> worth, <laughs> worth every penny. Every catch he
4: had was a first down. Uh, and every catch he had was on third down. Yes,
3: yes. every And the most important down. I guess we'll just keep going along chronologically there. Jimmy Graham, that third and nine. Not a beautiful play. On it's, the first drive? No, I'm talking... I'm oh, talking on the very the, last the, drive. The very last drive. It's This is the way I put it, because watching it, it's like the force that has made Jimmy Graham bad was trying to make him go to the ground as soon as he caught it. But something... Just pulled him forward. You you watch it. And it's like, why is he falling? Why he is he falling? Stumbling. But he's somehow able to get right on the line, on the line for the first and down.
4: yeah. Cue the Twitter controversy. Yeah.
3: Hey, and you saw we got a little bit viral there too with the with the screenshot of the uh, oh of yeah the short yellow yeah. line. Yeah.
4: Um, but yeah, I just his his two or his three catches like the three catches forty seven yards. The first and the third one were in huge moments. Cause the first one was on the very first drive of the yep. game. And then we obviously go and score a touchdown. The last one, obviously uh, iced the game with that. And then, but the second one back to Rodgers that mm-hmm. was, uh, unbelievable throw Another too beautiful.
3: yeah it's one where you watch the replay it's the good rodgers and bad rodgers where i still say you watch you watch, watch from it. you watch from the scoreboard view or whatever and his feet are terrible they're lined up like he's going to throw an out to the left side of the field but instead he just it's all and that's why they say he's still the best arm talent in the league because his footwork was just all lopsided and it was
4: perfect Perfect yeah. to Jimmy Graham. And, and it was one of those where the linebacker is right on his hip, and he just mm-hmm. managed to float it right over his head. Yeah. Indefensible.
3: Um, yeah. Moving on, Geronimo Allison, Hugh, only one catch, but it I was don't
4: give a shit. His biggest catch of the year. Yeah. Easily.
3: 11, 11 yards was the drive before that drive, but it took a
4: good – Because it was – It was – the clock at least. There was t- – yeah, there was 10 minutes on the clock when he caught it. And so we ended up being able to bleed an additional yes. four minutes. Yeah, because right after that, that is
3: when Rodgers had his long run as well. And then we were yep. closer. And then so, just, yeah, that was a
4: massive, massive catch.
3: Yeah, and a uh, big shout out to him, too. He big e- shout out. Shit out. <laughs> Ugh, that's not the best. <laughs> it doesn't big work here. Shout out. Announced uh today or yesterday that he's going to be a father, wh- which is great. He finally found his drip drop.
4: Ooh, and like I <laughs> <it's tripped. laughs> like I told you though, this is gonna be a reawakened, a reinvigorated, yeah. uh, you know, a new purpose, Geronimo. Yeah, and
3: Aaron Jones announced that he's gonna be a dad like a month ago. So we've we've got all the they're they're playing for more than themselves. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely what it is. Uh MVS, one catch for eight yards. Whatever. He didn't screw up. Yep. Work, works for me. I, uh, yeah. Was that... I'm trying to... I can't recall. It was a very nothing play. Just, okay. Just a quick out for the okay. most part. Uh, Ellen Lazard, who's his only, usually His performs, only target, too. Wow. Yeah. Only only target, only catch. Alan Lazard, not a great night, but he... Did not show up on the early. stat sheet. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he did show up on the stat sheet because he did have the one run for four or five yards, actually. Yeah. Really? Nice little jet sweep type deal that oh. we had going. But, oh,
4: interesting. Oh, so um, obviously I wasn't able to watch the broadcast... Um, but when when did he go out? And did he was he it, able to? It
3: was a it was in the second quarter. I think about halfway through the second quarter. Mm. He did not come back in the game, but he did prac or he was on the bike today. We're recording on Wednesday. He should be good to go. Okay, which okay good works works for us. Um, we've been talking so long, but we haven't brought up Aaron Jones. Two touchdowns. Uh, not the best game. The best run he had was that first play Very of the game. First play. Yep. But he had twenty one rushes for sixty two yards. Uh, two touchdowns. It was I don't know it. He, that's what you want from your running game yeah. in the playoffs again. The
4: second the second touchdown, like I said to you, I really liked the the plan for when because it it was it was something like second in whatever from like the thirteen or fourteen, mm-hmm. and he picks up that first down. So then it was first and goal yep. from like the two. Yep. I I loved that they just ran the ball three run, straight times. Run, I run, was run. from this from the stands. I'm just I was just yelling, run the ball. I know. Matt obviously heard me because I kept yelling, run the ball. That's
3: what's fun. When you're at a bar, you should not yell at the TV. But if you're at Lambo, you're allowed to because then
4: they will. He hear actually you sure. did hear me. And, yeah, sure enough, ran three straight times. First two were unsuccessful, but it was inch and inch and, and then, yeah. So I really liked that approach, unlike what we did well, like I already mentioned, yeah. Philly. But... Yep.
3: Uh, and we can move on now. These are the guys we had our bold predictions about. Uh, Tyler Ooh. Irvin and Jay Sternberger both played a bit in the backfield. Jay Sternberger actually had a lot of snaps. I, I felt, felt like, like we were both pretty good on predictions just because it was set up the entire game for
4: one, one of, them of to those happen. to bust through, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I felt like Sternberger kept lining up at fullback.
3: He did. Well, that's the thing. I wonder I wonder what's going to happen with our boy Danny Vitale, who is the best player on the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> but Sternberger <laughs> has played pretty well as a fullback. He's a decent blocker. I'm sure he'll eventually be the you know, the actual tight end, probably. Right. But to see this type of versatility is great. He would have been great for the Mike McCarthy offense, where they mm. moved those guys around everywhere. Drew a nice penalty, too. Yeah, that was huge, because he had the one catch for three yards, but Clowny Clowny. Ta- tackled him by the head. Some people were pissed about that call, too.
4: But Come
3: on. Yeah, but Swerven Irvin, two rushes, 25 yards, I... one catch for 18.
4: <sighs> that run was just so beautiful he's just so like swerving. you said oh Slytherin Slytherin I love that word it, he was just he, like he wasn't weaving even through he wasn't
3: juking he was just like moving just around so, guys so
4: quick that yeah it was just like he didn't have to juke it was he was just that fast yep uh offensive line more boring stuff Brian Balaga
3: out with the flu he he was oh, already practicing dear, today though oh my god it's it's one of those things yeah uh Valdir,
4: all praise Goody
3: yeah, pray, Praise Goody, it's one of those things where we can we have so many bad memories in the past. Be it like I've said before very early on in the show, we it's you, it's very tough to have multiple productive offensive tackles. So, if you have two, you have more than most in the league. We have yeah. three guys who can at least start. I mean, he, you know, he played every snap and he gave up zero pressures for the entire game, Insane. which is which, what as opposed to Alex Light when he came against Came in against the Niners earlier in the year was not good. We've all, we all had these nightmares of Marshall Newhouse and Don Barclay. So for Goody to have a guy step in in the playoffs and to come in and there wasn't much of a drop off,
4: huge. Yeah, and I saw that he didn't know he was starting until pregame warmups. He said on TV because Belaga, I remember TV told him
3: that he was going to start. Like oh they didn't even tell him yet. Yeah, because
4: I remember you know we're sitting around the tailgate about to head to the stadium and. We're sitting around waiting for uh, inactives, yep. and Balaga wasn't on the list, so we're like, all right, yeah. let's go. <laughs> right. So, you know, we go, and then all of a sudden, v- I didn't realize he was starting until the very first play of the game. I'm yeah. like, We got Valdir? I wonder, maybe Balaga is just back in the bathroom or something.
3: Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you uh, saw the story maybe afterwards where uh, Rodgers and... Uh, Valdir we're talking during the game he's like oh man you were retired you know at the beginning of the season and and Valdir's like I was at your first game yeah. <laughs> he was at the Bears game <laughs> this year as a fan as yeah. a fan and watch which was just huge and another thing uh, Rob Demosky today talking to Brian Belag asked Brian did you just have puking and the shits? I saw <laughs> like, <laughs>
4: I'm like that can't be real. like he actually asked that question.
3: Yeah, I I guess I I would trust Matt Schneidman is not giving us a fake quote, but Rob Domofsky, who <laughs> works a, for ESPN, you're saying shit with players. <laughs> what I don't a word, that's <laughs> Yeah, I love that. But overall, pretty great. Uh, Bogtiari and Lindsley graded pretty high as well. Um, Billy Turner not so good, but who gives a shit at this point? Hopefully we it's play. Kind of a next cool
4: night. little. Did you see? I think Nagler posted a video of uh, it, was a, it was the it was the Devonte first touchdown mm-hmm. when there's like seven. Rodgers is you know making his checks or whatever at yep. the line, and then Lindsley has the ball. Oh yeah, with seven yes. seconds on the play clock, turns around. What do you want to do here? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> and then he, he <laughs> yeah. yeah he read something and then just snaps it and like yep. shit like that. I just wish I could have like a microphone on all just to like hear all those interactions it's, i think that's just the coolest part it's yeah it's
3: that's more game day stuff but i'm looking forward to next year when i make the new intro i'm just gonna take different weird sound bites of the season like Devontae saying, that down, you write know, that linsley one down what do you what want to it? do here well i've also got like i feel like spongebob and uh wash your hands wash your butt yeah so, and with that we will have a quick commercial break
2: Are your sales leads still bad and trash? It's me again, B2B Data Guy. My leads are the cream of the crop. These leads bring hope and promise to struggling businesses. If you are a business in need of hope, these leads can make everything feel normal again. I wish I felt normal again. The ROI on these leads is unmatched. Just ask anyone. I mean anyone. My leads are hot, new, and come in daily. Just like the numerous beautiful women in my life. Contact me today. Immediately. Now. You deserve these leads. Contact me. Now. Leads.
3: Visit B2BDataGuide.com today. All right, and we are back with the defense. Uh, I hate Russell Wilson. Really? Like you said, and I had written down too, well, he is the most annoying quarterback, I feel like, being an NFC team. You want to
4: talk about Slytherin. Yeah,
3: because yeah, he is annoying, he is a nightmare I am so glad we're done you know, we, don't, we don't have a quarterback like that That we're going to, yeah. well, maybe looking ahead, But not going to look too far ahead It's one of those things, it's almost like he's A damn robot, where he is Going to do whatever is going to get The most yards, because he's rolling out And it's like, is he going to throw, is he going to throw No, he's going to pick up four yards running It's just, he always knows the best possible he's, thing To
4: do per play Yes, that is a good way to put it, he's got such a knack and like yeah just a sixth sense for making the right play and it's yeah. like i i dis, it's so ah oh, it's my feelings about russell wilson are just so tough because what he did for the badgers i love so much like his that was the mm-hmm. one of the best quarterbacks in badgers history and he only played one year but like the then like the <sighs> shit with the fail mary like I, that really soured me on him.
3: I'm surprised more people don't bring up how Kirk Cousins beat the Badgers with Michigan State on a hail mary. I can't believe Viking fans don't bring that up. You know what I mean? That's
4: true. Wow. Because
3: that was that was like I'm really, the I'm really pissed off
4: that you just brought it up. Eh, whatever. Hey, but, we um, got
3: we got good vibes going on. We beat we beat his ass. This yeah. Week. Very
4: it. very mixed feelings on Russell Wilson, but yeah, I'm glad to just knock his ass out and uh, yeah. See you next year, pal. Yeah. 20- we Play him next year. Good
3: question. I am not sure. Uh he was twenty-one for thirty-one, two hundred seventy-seven yards, one touchdown. This is the big thing with him. This just explains why you hate playing Russell Wilson. Sacked five times for minus twelve yards. Uh-huh. seven seven carries for sixty-four that yards. That
4: is insane. Five yeah. sacks for minus twelve. That. Wow. I mean,
3: most of them came on that last sack from uh from Preston. Everything yeah. else was, it was like right at the at line. At the line
4: of Well, that Kenny one where it was like and Kenny that, missed him. And then recovered. What a f***ing play and, by him! And that's
3: what I'm saying. Every time where it's like, okay, can it's going to be the most positive he can make a play every single time exactly. when he gets sacked? It's even like, oh, it's like it was a bad run. It's mm-hmm. not like a sack, but yeah. Overall, defense played pretty well, only let letting up the 23 points. It it seemed like a game of two halves. That first half, and I'm guilty of it too, because the first half we were playing contained for the most part. Not you know some pressure, but he was. St- he stuck to the pocket. The second half, that first series, I think a, a minute in is when he had like that twenty yard run. It's like you know at halftime, it's like okay, well we've contained him. We're up, mm-hmm. we're up a few scores now. Maybe we get after him now. And then a few plays in, we're trying to get after him more, not containing. It's like oh shit, okay, yeah, let, yeah, let's go, go back, let's go back, go back to the, what we were doing. Yeah. But not so much happened after that. But yeah, overall, I mean, th- this is all you really have to say. Uh, two sacks from each Smith brother. One from Kenny Clark, and also every all of those guys had a tackle for loss on top of it, and that's that's beautiful. what this defense is. Yes, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, yeah, like you said, Kenny had the nice sack, literally went to the ground on the first attempt, popped back up, and then sacked Wilson. <laughs> and he was an he was an absolute clogger in the run game too. Yes, yes, which worked out pretty well because neither neither guy did much. Lynch had twelve rushes for twenty six yards, but the two touchdowns, which is exactly what you arelin, yeah, that' like that from marsh those
4: Lynch. were not surprising at all because no. it's still they're both one yard, yeah, and it's it's <laughs> still he's still a very physically imposing dude, Yes. and but yeah, like in terms of between the twenties, I was not worried about him at all,
3: no, no, absolutely not, uh like we said, talking about Preston Smith talked about it last week or the week before I believe how it, he's pissed me off how three times this year on third down he's gotten that <laughs> off sides don't care anymore on that third down unforgiven it worked russell wilson that was the play of the game that was the sack of the game i yep. was jumping up it was like thank god we're we got the stuff that we needed Inexplicably, after the rest of the half.
4: They, yeah and then they inexplicably punted cuz it that ended up being 4th and 11 now if it was like 4th and 14 4th and tough. 15 then then i think it's probably a very easy decision to punt but like 4th and 11 yeah, it, it's Why would you why would you give it back to 12? It's also very I mean, funny. thank you, but
3: Oh, absolutely. It's it's one of those things where I was excited when I saw them Exactly. Punching. If they were going for it, I would be nervous, but at the, Exactly. You look back to us playing the Seahawks last year. It's funny how Seahawks fans right now are saying, "God, we should have gone for it on fourth and 11 when last year we were saying God, we should have gone on for it on fourth and two. Fourth and two. <laughs> is, like fuck, last year really and, did suck. And I'm huh? pretty
4: sure we were in even better field position than they it, were, but it, whatever. Yeah, it was it was pretty close to that. Uh low key
3: Kiki set up Zadarius on that one on one of his sacks as I well. Did see that? Yeah, nice. He's getting more and more playing time. We haven't talked about Martravius Adams much this year for how much hype he had at the beginning. Kiki's already getting those snaps yeah. over him, it seems like which yeah. is I, fine.
4: It's kind of it's kind of looking like the Adams experience it's, might be might be over. It's
3: the life of of, you know, an NFL player. Mm. Yeah, for, first half didn't have the contain, but overall we stopped the
4: run which there wasn't much to stop. Which they love yeah, and that's the beauty of Pete Carroll's antiquated system is he is obsessed with running the ball and establishing the run Yeah, it's it's, that, it's and Schottenheimer's a huge running running yeah. guy too. Well, it's I mean, that's I think I saw that's why Schottenheimer mm-hmm. is there is yep. because he aligns with Pete and um it's weird yeah, then their would've... obsession
3: with running the ball
4: does everyone favors
3: because they were the number one rushing team this year number one or they were top five in rushing I think they were number one but you know when you're top two or three backs however many it is yeah, go
4: yeah or three yeah because pro size yeah you're, wow. yeah you're a little bit screwed
3: uh, I think a good way to sum up what what the game was this defense at least against the rush Lynch ha- I think his first run of the game was for eight yards they gave, gave it to oh, him wow. the next two and it was one and it was zero which is playoff defense. That's that's the shit you like to see where they're trying to pound the ball down your throat and they are not able to do it. Speaking of yeah, stopping 30,
4: the run. 30% of his yards came on one run. <laughs>
3: Yuck. And that low amount of yards, too, that's gross. Yeah. We talked about it earlier, probably the uh, aside from MVS, who was going to have a lesser role probably anyways, Jimmy Graham being the most disappointing player of the season on the offense. I would say Blake Martinez may have had that name this year. Mm-hmm. But this this is when he came out. I yes. thought when we needed him to be a run defender, to be that linebacker, in the passing game, he got ripped apart. But you can't expect him to do much against Tyler Lockett. Yeah. But in the run game, he was what we needed. Hitting the hole, making the tackle, and containing Wilson, well, especially in the Even in the, the,
4: the, the pass game, like that one play you noted where it was third and seven, and uh, Russell stepped up in the pocket, mm-hmm. got free, and Huge. he either – if he – he threw it to the tight end who dropped it, but if Blake right. wouldn't have been there spying, he would have easily picked up the first down. Yes. So, yeah, plays like that um, were were often for Blake, and that was huge. It's kind of like what we talked about the bubble poppers, too,
3: on offense where and what we've been saying all year. It's just make the plays that are there, and that's exactly what Blake did. It's exactly what Geronimo did, exactly what Jimmy did. We didn't have those stupid drops, stupid mistakes mm-hmm. for the most part. While we're talking about the middle of the field, Blake Martinez, that – Hollister fumble, my God, Garbage. I hate it, hate it, hate it. And we, everyone's talked about it, too. How do you, one, clear recovery, quotes, because apparently you ha- it has to be super clear in the NFL for it to be a clear recovery. But on top of that, why didn't we keep our timeout? hmm like, we won the challenge. We won the challenge. We challenged he, if they, it was a fumble or not. They said he fumbled. I, I, and on top of it, the biggest thing is, why don't you just keep that play live? Why don't you blow the whistle after, and then it's automatically reviewed anyways? Yep. Nope, couldn't do that. Makes no it, sense. So then the clear recovery did not matter. It and, very, very frustrating. like, the clear
4: recovery, I'm. if you haven't seen it yet, there's a, a clip going around on Twitter where it is, you can literally see the ref take the ball yes. from just Shannon Sullivan. It yes. wasn't... Like a, uh, where they're you know hugging or whatever. It was just him getting up off the ground, handing the ball to the ref. So yeah, pretty bullshit. But. And
3: everyone everyone watching live, you could see there was a one Seahawk that got in there a bit, but there, it was it was Sullivan and we had a big body in there too. I forgot who that was, but it was so damn clear. If it would have that happened in the fourth quarter, could you imagine? Oof. And that's what sucks too. If it happened in the fourth quarter and say we lost we lost the game or something, people would be like, oh well, you had your calls. Over yeah, there. exactly. Dum dum dumb. Overall, the secondary played pretty well.
4: Yeah, the as much as we were expecting to see uh, deep balls, KK on DK and Jair on Lockett, it seemed to actually be flip flop. It, it, it was and it flop worked out really well for the most part. Yeah, uh, I I remember seeing on the I think the Seahawks' first drive, Jair was matched up on DK and DK ran a. Pretty good route, but Jair was just in his pocket, forced the incompletion on third down, and we got the ball.
3: It was fun to see that matchup. For this kind of rivalry we have with the Seahawks, it's cool to see... Hopefully it develops Jair versus Metcalf because they were John back and forth. They were pushing mm. back and forth. It's cool to see. It's like okay, yeah, this is that young NFL that you want to. Yeah. What What is the future between these two going to be? Hopefully yeah. we Metcalf. Have a ma- Metcalf
4: like this. didn't get going until like the second quarter, but then he kind of he kind of picked it up after. Yeah, that. Metcalf and had Lockett four. Played really well yeah. too.
3: Metcalf had four catches for fifty nine yards. Lockett had nine for one thirty six and the touchdown that he kind of pushed it off on. But I'm fine with it. Playoff football, I'm fine with that yep. push
4: because you know if the Packers would have gotten that call. (laughs) What a disaster that would have been. Yeah.
3: Uh, Alexander and King, I thought they both played pretty well. You said that Lockett had a good game. One big reason for that, Tremont did not have a very good game. He kind of got burnt quite a bit. But Alexander, that's kind of what he's always around the ball, always around the ball. That two-point conversion was huge, too, not just for the Green Bay Packers, but for betters in Las Vegas. Ooh. The spread was four and a half, and and that was the
4: difference between five and three points. And you could definitely make an argument that that, would, that probably would have changed the decision on 4th and eleven? Oh, for sure. Cause they, Absolutely. Because they were, they were at about midfield. Of that. And, yeah, that, that changes the whole landscape and just, like, the I think the play calling yes. and, and the aggressiveness for the rest of the game. So, yeah. It's a fun replay to
3: see, too, because when you watch it, you you watch Lynch on the two-point after, and Jerry <laughs> yeah. runs past him, and he Lynch puts his arms up. are like, oh, no, 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 Russell, don't die.
4: And he's like, fuck. Because he knew that immediately that it was his fault, and that was his assignment to pick that up. But, yeah, he was... Yeah, that was kind of funny. But yeah, overall, no, not many deep balls either. Uh, good
3: enough. Defense did exactly what they really needed. It was the bend-o-break. Safeties, it. nothing real
4: notable. I nothing mean, they no, did their no, job.
3: No, no real missed tackles for the most part. It's it's one of those where you see, you're not. it's not cheating the system, but it's a very clear thing that Pettin's trying to do, where once we're up, you know, two scores... Second half, he knows we have Aaron Rodgers. He should keep it close, and that's why you see it's the bend, don't break, where we're bending, bending, bending. They're scoring touchdowns, but it's taking a lot of time off the clock, so by the time they're catching up, game's over. That's yep. exactly what happened. Yep. Uh, special teams, Goodson had a great return. <laughs> Did you see that? How was that watching watching live? The oh yeah,
4: yeah. I was like, "What are you?" Oh, the the yeah, little little spooning. I mean, it was what, s- the big guys return like what six yards, something like that. Yeah. But
3: when, whenever you see a li- like a linebacker catch it, you kick, just want him to catch it and go, go down. down with it. Go <laughs> down,
4: but yeah, and low key special teams is kind of a strength right now. Our coverage units have been pretty good. Our return units have been pretty mm-hmm. good. And again, i i I've, I've said this before, and I think it still holds true. Like if you're not talking about exactly jk scott having a bad game that means it was okay yeah special teams i I don't really remember him having any real doozies
3: you well you were you were at the game he had his first punt was huge uh, that flipped the field 55 yards but after i mean this is all you have to say he had a 55 yard punt but he averaged 43.3 yards he had one punt that was a net of 25 i believe and he had another bad one and these were both in the fourth quarter which is not what you want but hey he did he did well enough. This was his Lambo January test and he passed enough. He didn't yeah. fuck up.
4: I think I think I was double fisting in the third quarter so maybe the fourth mm. quarter is a little little hazy in terms of for punts, you know. Yeah. Yeah, very very, Sorry <laughs> very important that. thing to look at.
3: Yeah. That would be the time to run to the bathroom yeah. or get a beer. But yeah. uh yeah, with that we will have another quick commercial break.
2: Hello, American football fans. Are you trying to score more clients? Well, now it is time to kick off a new email campaign. At B2B Data Guy, we pass your message to qualified receivers. We'd love to sit down and talk to you about how we can field your goals. We make sure your emails aren't intercepted by spam filters. Your emails won't get flagged for unnecessary sending. There's no market we can't tackle. We've never punted on a customer. We think we're a pretty fair catch. There's no way we won't insert football pun. With our message to the right audience, it's easy to touch down with qualified leads.
3: Visit B2BDataGuide.com today.
2: And I want you all
3: to
1: know that we are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake.
3: All right, take news for the week. Uh, not sure how much people want to hear about it because it's been talked about a lot, but it's kind of been a. M-O- if you aren't
4: aware, this is kind of a. This will be a delight. The you. war
3: against analytics, at least for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, there's been a couple things this week, over the last week, well, over the whole year, like I said, but more specifically over the past week, with Pro Football Focus and these two guys, Eric and George, making these videos. They were breaking down the game last week, and it's just terrible. It's it's like. They just look at the numbers, and all the numbers tell them is that the Packers are going to be bad. Mm-hmm. These are just some of the quotes that I'm going to read off real quick. Start off by saying that Schottenheimer is a better coach than LaFleur, who is the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks. This was the video before the Seahawks game. Yeah, like a, a preview. The preview of the Seahawks game. So he said that. Also said Green Bay's receivers aren't better than Seattle's. They said defense does not matter. They said Wilson is the best thrower of the deep ball in the league they said Aaron Rodgers right now is a middle-of-the-road quarterback, and <laughs> Kirk Cousins is playing better than him. They also said if you live in real- reality, four and a half points is too many, talking about the spread. <laughs> they also said the Green Bay Packers are the most fraudulent 13-3 and team you could possibly construct. Oh, God. Possibly construct. And they both laughed and said that they would take the under- and they would take Seattle at plus four. Over for two. Over for two. Terrible. And they're such. They were so douchey about the whole thing too. The, it's it's like matter of I fact. don't
4: want to. Yeah, I don't want to like go because we could we could get big mad about Ugh, this. But like we are. It's that. <laughs> it's it's the smugness of it. Of the oh my my numbers and charts here say that this factual thing that happened can't be factual. Yes. And it's just like. There, these these are and it'll get worse there's two moving parts on the field they're not robots this isn't an exact science like it's an oblong ball shit's gonna just bounce differently and you're so happen. Oh, like open your mind dude you're you're such an old old person you're a boomer you're a boomer yeah with these oh i games, got the eye right. test it's it, like it, yes can we meet somewhere in the middle to right. where there is an eye test to the the charts and the numbers like that's what it sucks like both ends of these spectrums like you got your hard ass you know oh i've i've played football i've been a coach for however those guys are annoying and the the just numbers guys are annoying too let's meet somewhere in the middle
3: right and that leads us to the video that they put out this week after that terrible one last week doubling down where they're trying to defend defend themselves and here's
2: part of that right here defense doesn't matter simply means that offense simply is what is most predictive. Mm-hmm. And actually this game was a perfect example yeah. of that <laughs> yeah,
0: doubling absolutely. down. I mean, we were, we were told the entire, you know, sort of going into the game that green Bay was more stout up front than Seattle. Duh. Um, and they were, I mean, they, they pressured Wilson on more than 50% of his dropbacks. Um, pretty, pretty important fantasy. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks outgained the Packers um, they made a lot of plays Wilson had a 106 pass rating win pressured um, their yards per play were actually higher because they were playing from behind the entire <laughs> half. you know average for the season I think they were something like 5.7 and they were a little bit yeah so the Seattle, Seahawks were actually the Seahawks better were than they usually are yards per play this year this is great podcast. Yeah, but they're you're they're right. It is for us, not you. Had higher yards per play than they did during the season. Um, both defenses sort of like you know gave up things that they didn't give up during the season. What does that mean? Uh, and ultimately, oh, the Packers uh, made just a couple extra plays, and Seattle refused to make a couple extra plays. Refused. I love
3: that. You know, refused. They were right, but one Seattle one refused to make them
2: right in their the predictions.
0: Point. And if you laid the points with Green Bay, congratulations.
2: Right. I mean, you missed a two point conversion. This is the worst, worst guy. Goal. That's yep. rough, but the you brought up a good point. We were talking before this, which is like Malik Turner. Malik Turner drops a stone cold wide open pass. That's not an example of Green Bay's defense being great, yep. right? It's an example of offense dictating what happens in this game. It's an great, example of two guys awesome. making a single play going to win out, right? That's just what happens. Yep. And bad offense is also going to make your defense look good, right? So Russell Wilson yep. in this game, his fatal flaw was that he held onto the ball a long time. Imagine thinking it was Wilson's the fault. Pressure. And Aaron Rodgers, we, we talked about how many throwaways he has. He did have a few in this game, but what really separated him was he made a lot of great throws downfield, and he made them on third down. Yep. That's not something that's necessarily stable. On first down, the Seahawks were a <laughs> It's Aaron Rodgers. We don't have to play the rest of the clip. They game, just kind of
3: keep going. But it's, and we missed, we didn't even comment on the one part. He said that, uh, talk, they were talking about the line again too, the Vegas line, how the two-point conversion didn't happen and they missed the field goal. A 50-yard field goal in Lambeau Field in January is not... As if it's a chip shot. Sh- should not be assumed. And uh, these excuses that these freaking guys make, absolutely terrible. I hate hate nerds. hate he, all the nerds.
4: I just, like, the first few sentences are so perfect to where he's like, well, how does it go? He, he said something like, uh, yeah, we said... We said this, Ugh. that offense is more predictive, and I think this game is a great example of that. Buddy, you were overdue 2 <laughs> on your
0: predictions. <laughs> yeah,
4: you were very wrong on everything. Like the and like, like we said before, the deep ball thing,
3: Rod, You know, Be- Wilson's the best deep ball thrower. They didn't have any real deep balls in the entire and game. And
4: one of my favorite lines, he says something along the lines of, uh, he was pressured on 50%, and then he later, R- Wilson was pressured on 50% of his throws, and then he later goes to say, yeah, Wilson was... Letting was holding on to the ball too yes. long and letting the pressure get to him. As if, no, there's no credit to the defensive line there creating the pressure, and B, there's no credit to the secondary uh, creating him to hold on to the yeah, ball because you know, of good coverage. Two really good edge rushers and Kenny Clark had nothing to do with...
3: It was Wilson just deciding to Defense hold on to the ball too much.
4: simply means that offense is more predictive. Dumb. What in the hell does that even mean? And that gets us to our other
3: enemy, God. jumping in, who tweeted, replied to this, and said, for those, <laughs> those of us in the media doing number-based stuff, I view our role as providing fans with no dumb coverage. Okay, that's what he said. Will Brinson replied, said, but then yelling things like, quote, defense doesn't matter, goes against that notion, right? Mm-hmm. Ben Baldwin replies and says, the people who listen to Eric and George's pod, which was what we were just listening to, or read what they write will understand what they mean. So I think it's fine, <laughs> but that's just one opinion. Now let's dive into Ben Baldwin. He works for The Athletic. He is this whole new age analytics, is his name on Twitter. He's the guy, you might remember earlier in the year, put out an article that said, no longer elite, what the numbers tell us about Aaron Rodgers. This was back in October. So this is a guy who's he's got this grudge with the Packers, it seems like, or at least Warren that's Rogers. that's he's what I Seahawks like to say. Fan too, so is he really? Should, that should be noted, yeah. One of the quotes, this is how bad this guy is, one of the quotes in the article. The collarbone injury in 2017 or the knee injury in 2018. Those reasons don't make any sense because the decline started in 2015, well before the injuries. Next, so he's saying the last two years, th- those are part of Roger's natural decline because you know the year before he didn't play as well. Nothing to do with playing with a fucking broken leg and playing with a broken collarbone. At and one
4: you point. know my feelings on um, Aaron Rodgers, so I obviously didn't read that article, but. Yeah. 2015. Plus you have to pay for it what plus yeah, you have to pay yeah, for it. definitely not <laughs> yeah. 2015 means that's pre-run the table yes. and run the table Rogers is some of the best ever
3: uh well winning six games six eight games straight whatever it was and having a pass rating over 100 and every single one of them is but yeah good. no longer elite. lead dumb and then that gets us into the worst part of this Ben Baldwin guy where uh someone tweeted I hate to turn coat so quickly but 7.5 which is the spot for the game this week Packers are getting seven and a half points. Seven and a half points seems like a lot for the Packers to be getting this weekend. Someone else replied to that guy saying, yeah, we need to rerun the new data, but I'm like 5.8, whatever. He's saying that, he's agreeing that the points shouldn't be that high. Ben Baldwin pops in and says, I guess the argument is the Packers squeaked by a team that had barely that had a barely positive point differential in the regular season, despite the home plus rest (laughs) advantage, which they won't enjoy next week. What are you saying? Don't don't worry, we have more, because then that gets quoted, and then Eric, who works for Pro Football Focus as well, he quoted that tweet and said, careful, and this is the worst part. This is where Ben Baldwin replies and says, furthermore, the Vikings are a better team than the Packers. (laughs) Yes, I know about head-to-head. No, I don't care. And the Niners just destroyed them. And all of San Fran's injured defenders are back. This is all you have to... All
4: all that matters is that first sentence. The Vikings are a better team than the Packers. It's like we're starting in in the football world. What are we doing here?
3: This is what's going on. We're moving to the plot of Terminator. In the football world, where all of a sudden, you know, we start using these numbers and teams are getting analytics, guys. But now the, analy- the analytics are taking over. This guy is saying that the analytics are more important than what happens on the football field. He's literally saying, I don't care if this team has won 14 games now. They are not better than the Minnesota yep. Vikings, who the numbers say are better. Let's it's,
4: just let's just run let's just operate the NFL season through a simulation. Let's let's hold the combine yes. still in April. Yep. We'll have we'll take all the draft grades, draftees. <laughs> you know, we'll take all those numbers, we'll yep. extrapolate them out over uh NFL season, we'll draft them to teams, and then we'll just run a simulation for mm-hmm. the NFL season. That way, you know, this problem solved. And then the we'll numbers f- will reign
3: king. Yeah, that's all, that's all that matters is numbers and computers. Here's a tweet from Aaron Schatz. This will wrap it up here. He tweeted, The idea that, quote, analytics people are wrong about the Packers, end quote sort of ignores the fact that most analytics people said the same thing about the Seahawks that they said about the Packers. Then this guy replies and says, I feel like if I were ever a fan of a good team, I would enjoy that. <laughs> the, my team keeps winning even though objective analysis says we shouldn't. That would make me, That would make it more fun for me. The guy who said it, who's complaining about Packer fans, is Michael David Smith. Name doesn't ring a bell, but this is the guy who said last off season that Mitch Trubisky is the best quarterback in the NFC North. In the NFC North, this is all you have to know. Analytics junk. It's well, I shouldn't say junk. We need to use it as a tool, not as an end all, be all. And my God, it's been such a frustrating week. And um,
4: yeah, just to kind of wrap it up, you said that was Aaron Schatz that you were just quoting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, someone. Jack Wepfer quoted him and had a little snippet from a Packers Wire article that I yep. thought was, was pretty a uh, cool little snippet. In a way, this season for the Packers has been reminiscent mm-hmm. of one of the many Patriots championship runs. The schedule ended up being fairly soft. Yep. While there were never a juggernaut on either side of the ball, yep. They rode on a combination of smart and sound, but not flashy football to an NFC North title. After letting the wild card weekend upsets play out, they took advantage of an injury riddled Seahawks team. Yep. And now their future Hall of Fame quarterback is starting to play his best football at the most important time. Just one game to the Super Bowl. I think that's a perfect summary yep. of the, the and I like the parallels there. I'm not yeah you know saying we're gonna go on this dynastic run, but dynastic, you never know that's a word. I'm pretty sure really? yeah, dynasty
3: oh, I thought you were trying to say dynasty and fantastic. no <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like it's like no that
4: that does make sense, but yeah, the parallels, I don't know i I I, I like that, that too. It's, I like that summary
3: because you're kind of cheating the system. It's weird to think we literally have won one playoff game and we were one of the last four teams in the league. <laughs> yeah. like, that's fucking unreal. That's not what the Green Bay Packers have been for the last decade. And that's
4: now. why you build that fraudulent thirteen and three record. Yeah,
3: give me. I love. Give me the fraudulent tag. The most fraudulent whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll. I'll take it. I love it. But with that, we will move on to is Kyle an idiot?
4: I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes.
3: All right. Is Colin an right. <laughs> god. I you know, I did it last week too. I was getting ready for you to say it. All right. Is Colin an idiot? No. Three trivia questions here. I think these are fun. They you should I think you should be able to get all three of them. You know Alex the, Smith. You know the answers of all three of them. No. Okay. Is Colin an idiot? Chico,
4: California. Ooh,
3: yeah. The Smith brothers have combined for 25 and a half sacks this year. C has 13.5, Preston has 12. Over the last three seasons, the top sackers have combined for 29 sacks for the Green Bay Packers. Who led the Packers in sacks in 2016, 2017, and 2018? Jeez.
4: Um, I can say that you're probably
3: thinking too hard.
4: Yeah, 2016, I would say Clay.
3: That's one name. That's a clue. That's one name. You need to get
4: the two other guys. That's one of the one of the two. Oh, so I don't have to nope. I don't have to say nope. what year? Nope. Oh sweet. Okay. So Clay, yeah. Yep. Um Nick Perry. Yep. And Come on. It's the easiest one.
3: It was last year. Jesus, Kyle, Fakrul.
4: Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. 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 Of course, Fakrul. Yeah. Twenty
3: sixteen, Nick Perry had eleven. Clay Matthews in twenty seventeen had seven and a half. Fackerel last year had ten and a half. But yeah, Heck that yeah. just shows that just shows you that was twenty nine for the top guys the last three years. And then the top two combined this year twenty five. That's half. great. Wow. All right. Thank you. Yeah. One and zero with and o, a baby. bit of a asterisk, but okay.
4: No, There's, you didn't. You didn't. This, you not explain the question. Yeah, if you just said it's list.
3: A tu- the three. It's a tough one to explain. Okay. This is maybe the tougher, toughest one. Matt Flynn. LSU. He was a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. How many seasons and how many starts did Matt Flynn have oh, for the Green Bay Packers? It is the same number. As many seasons as he played for the Packers, he had starts for the Green Bay Packers. Five. 6. Damn it. <laughs> I th- when I saw that he had only I thought he started more games. The fact that he only started 6 games is unreal for Matt Flynn. That's cr-
4: well cuz that's crazy cuz then that means cuz it was concussion He got a second contract.
3: Bone. Well, it's it, that well, that's what happened. He it was his original contract with the Packers. He left went to Seattle, Russell Wilson. Oh, screwed yeah, that yeah. up. Then he went to Oakland. Screw- then he went to Buffalo. The next he was with Seattle for one full year. The next year he went to Oakland and Seattle, and then he came back to the Packers, and that's when he started playing again. So, Damn. one and one. Oh, uh, and another thing here. He started seven games total in the NFL. $19 million is what Matt <laughs> Flynn made over his career.
4: What? It's Nin- way more than that, nope. isn't it? Nope, just $19 million. He signed a... F- Fat deal with Seattle with
3: guaranteed with guaranteed money up front that wasn't very high and they cut cut bait after okay. that next year but yeah, still that's it, that's
4: a lot of money uh, for yeah but I thought it was I thought it was in seventeen
3: fifties like seventeen touchdowns nineteen million dollars that's all you got to <laughs> say all right here's a fun one who was on the Super Bowl team as a player in ninety six and as a coach in two thousand ten you got to know it you know it you know it in your heart of hearts
4: I don't um, come on man.
3: You, I'll give you a clue. You've guessed this guy. Edgar Bennett. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to guess him too, but I don't want to be too I mean, quick on you, the gun. You're not going to guess like Kevin Green or someone who'd never played for the Packers. And something else that I looked up, I forgot, James Campen, He did play for the Green Bay Packers back in the day. He was offensive line coach for that Super Bowl team, but he only played from like 89 to 93. So he was not on the Super Any Bowl Any relation
4: team. to Aaron? Hmm? Any relation to Aaron Campin? James Campin? Who am I thinking of?
3: No idea. I don't even know what Aaron you're talking about. The D end? Oh, Camp Min. It's Campin, Camp Min. Aaron oh. Campman, James Campin. Oh. Like thing. Campin, you know, going outside with the show Sure, tent. sure. All right. So there right. you go. Two and one. Fuck That's this three
4: winning weeks in a row for you. Yeah, two and one. All right. So stump to Spenny. Um, this is kind of a softball. Perfect. But not really. Yep. Well, I, I mean, what sucks about it is you get a 50-50 chance. Perfect. Let's hear it. All right. So the Jesus. we are heavy underdogs yep. in this upcoming game. Yep. True or false? We are bigger underdogs in this game than we were against Seattle in 2014 that NFC Championship game. Where, like, <laughs> what game were we bigger underdogs?
3: Because you're asking it, I want to say this this game. But I, f- God, for some reason, I feel like it was eight and a half against Seattle. But because you're optimistic and. To the Niners, I'm gonna say we're fa- we were f- we have more po- we we were given more points against Seattle, less in San Francisco. God, that fell out <laughs> my mouth terribly. So yeah, who were we bigger <laughs> underdogs against? San Francisco. Incorrect. It is Seattle, but wasn't yeah. was eight a and a half? You were right. God damn. Yeah. Why? See, and I knew it. Exactly right. you were exactly right. You know said how. eight and a half, and I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I played too much into who you are and your
4: optimism. Damn it. <laughs> I appreciate. I feel that. like I almost
3: get an asp- asterisk on that one too, just because I knew what
4: the spread yeah, was, the exact did, spread. God damn it. Yeah. I and because I I looked because I was curious. I thought seven and a half. Damn. I feel like we should at least be you know that even seven. Yeah. But yeah. I know. And so I was curious. I'm like, what were what was it like in 2014? Because I wasn't even really into gambling. Mm-hmm. yet then and so yeah that when i Yuck. saw eight and a half i'm like man that actually makes the loss hurt even sh- more sh- we're Which, trying to move yep, past it we're trying on. to move past we don't talk about that game
3: yeah but yeah. hey at least i got that one right and hey shout out uh, i'm sure you saw it this morning i woke up look, looked at my phone bobby dylan uh, yeah, congrats! The, the second or third, or no, third uh, stump the spenny question made it to the Pro Football oh, Hall of Fame today. That made me smile. I couldn't believe it. So the guy who leads the Green Bay <laughs> Packers in interceptions only had one eye. He had a glass eye, but he had an eye for the ball. <laughs> and on top of it, it sucks, he, the dude died back in August.
4: Oh, damn. <sighs> yeah, it's I one of those things that. where I think they're letting more guys in because it's the 100-year anniversary well, of the NFL. Well, I just found out today that they do like a separate
3: yeah, well, that's what they did with the coaches in this it's like centennial or some yeah, bullshit. It's yeah. like, I don't know. No one knows how it works. Just hopefully Leroy gets in. That's you all I care about. In. But that wraps up is Kyle an Idiot. Dumb Packer Fan of the Week, back after a one-week hiatus, I believe. Ooh. At first, I was trying to find, you know, search in the internet for dumb Packer fans. It's kind of tough to find when, you know, you're in the NFC Championship game. But lucky for us and lucky for you. Little Wayne was at the game on Sunday. Yeah, I'm a big Wheezy fan. Definitely, probably was the first time he ever heard the song "Roll Out the Barrel." But who cares? I when I <laughs> yeah. when I was at a game before, actually, Will Ferrell came out and uh, was the guy who started the "Roll Roll nice. Out the Barrel." Yeah, was
4: he? See you, No, I think he was
3: just he he was in town, uh, filming Anchorman Two, which is a terrible movie, which I almost walked out on. <laughs> but Packers news posted on Facebook. The rapper followed. Oh, okay, uh, rapper Lil Wayne leads Green Bay Packer fans and roll out the barrel. And boy, did we have a lot of fun comments on this. Oh boy, gonna roll through a couple of them. There is, <laughs> Cindy said. Okay, better learn the words, my friend. Matt replied and said, without looking, without looking them up, type them down right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Such a funny. It's like, how about How about practice what you preach it's two people who don't know how the internet work like yeah you're gonna trust someone to yeah. use the internet <laughs> yeah. to say something on the internet right very dumb james later on said the great thing about little wayne is he is a true artist he plays the piano and the guitar much respect uh one i don't think he plays the guitar very well whatsoever but someone, i would believe it though if he did someone replied and said okay boomer <laughs> there was a lot of okay boomers in these comments but james replied and said
4: i'm out on those
3: he said well, this is what made it mott a boomer, but thanks for playing. <laughs> but thanks for playing. Who can make the dumbest comment on a post? That is a boomer reply. Yes, yes. So he he proves himself that he is a boomer <laughs> yeah. with that reply. <laughs> but this is this is the dumb Packer fan of the week. This is the comment, Keith. Damn it, Keith. Uh, maybe I'll bleep that. I'll just you bleep should. it. Yeah. You should. You should commented he's a disgrace to american patriots oh my god the packer organization should have never let him step foot on lambeau field so someone else replied to him and said you're disgrace, keith go back to your trailer park (laughs) keith replied and said and if you educated yourself on this anti-american and his behavior you might change that p of a brain you sport it's like okay this guy is a crazy person yeah someone else john replies to him and says Keith, maybe people are bashing you because you're wrong. Hard to cast stones when I have when I have guarantee, which is what he wrote, you that you haven't done anything close to what this man has done for his fellow Americans. Why don't you do some research? If you have some proof of him being, quote unquote, actual anti-American, prove it. It takes a simple Google search to look up his foundations blah blah blah, he's donated blah blah blah. Sure. Keith replies and says, "This is great. Well, thanks for your input on this and not referring to juvenile name-calling. But how about you do some research on your end? He burns and steps on United States flags. I've read he's been convicted of carrying a firearm. I've read where he's abused heroin while locked up, dot, 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 so on and so forth. Kind of like Hollywood elites who are aligned with child oh trafficking God. and bringing our democracy into socialism. Oh, my God. This will... This will be just like you not wanting to be like your parents until you're 40 years old later, and being exactly the same. Once again, that last sentence doesn't make any sense. What is even
4: going on there?
3: Well, because Little Wayne uh, is a rapper and he makes money,
4: America is turning into a socialist society. Right. So and there you go. Him drinking cough syrup recreationally is the equivalent of abusing heroin. Very much so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you knew that. And on top of it, this is. Do you know how Little Wayne became a Packer fan? No, uh, I don't, because you would think you know he he's a big Louisiana guy. So you think that's he, he, a match made for the Saints, but go on. He's from New Orleans, and he was
3: asked about it before. You know why are you a Packer fan? He said uh, the Packers won. Pops came home with Packers everything: cups, towels, all that stuff. That's what's up. Mind you, this is 1996 when the Super Bowl was in New Orleans, but they weren't souvenirs. They were regular things that they used every day you know because he grew he said he grew up in a very poor family so they were using this kind of souvenir oh, shit as, like for every every and shit. day stuff yeah yeah so he he explained they they get the real towels uh whatever blah blah blah. the cups they used every single day he said i'm a green bay packer fan forever there is no comparison between the packers and the saints that's that's uh, all you need I, I mean love that. for saying he's anti-american a guy who literally was poor as grew shit, up
4: dirt poor yeah
3: and now he's a famous rapper it's like jesus come on keith be a be a better fan
4: yeah but with that, Just mad at the world. Yep.
3: That is it for Dumb Packer Fan of the Week. On to the preview. Once again, like last week, I think this might be the most important game of the season, most important preview of the season. We are playing the San Francisco 49ers
4: yeah. in San Francisco. I know I said last week it was the biggest game up to this point in the year, but I would argue that actually this, this game is, now. is the biggest game. Of this year, no,
3: not very true to your word. Then, all right, yeah. <laughs> so, Packers, like we said earlier, are getting seven and a half points. You were, getting, you were given three for being a home team, so Vegas thinks that we will lose. Quick overview of the Niners: Niners' offense really moves through the running backs. They have three guys: Mostert, we're Coleman, Breida. S-
4: all very capable, very they good.
3: All had over 120 rushes this year, and they all had uh, yards per. Yards per carry of over four. most led. Goodness with 772 yards and an average of 5.6, which yeah. is pretty damn good.
4: Breed averaged 5.1 on the ground. Yeah. So it's. Four yards a carry is their fucking floor. It's going Goodness.
3: to be tough. Uh, it's nice that we had this little game here where we kind of warm up against the running game. Blake Martinez is coming in a little hot. Hopefully he can keep that up. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G, uh, he has 27 touchdowns on the season, 13. Picks, 3,978 yards with a 69% completion percentage. One bright spot looking at it. I'm so glad we're going from Russell Russell Wilson in the divisional round to Jimmy G in the conference championship. And much more stationary. Much more stationary. If someone's going to make a mistake, it's him as yes. opposed to Wilson or yep. many of these other quarterbacks. Uh, Kittle, their tight end.
4: Is their leading receiver one thousand fifty three yards? It's Wednesday. He did not practice today. He is going to play, but it's just he he didn't practice today. And yeah. well, I don't know if you remembered, um, he's actually playing with a broken bone in his ankle oh, this year. I, I forgot about that, and it is
3: his ankle that's hurting him this week. Too. Yeah,
4: and apparently that it's just something you can play through because I I had him in. <laughs> shoot I hate to be go. that nice, guy perfect. but I had him in a fantasy league <laughs> so I was monitoring him very oh, closely
3: I thought you were going to say that you broke uh your ankle before no no so you know what but, he's going but through. yeah so this ha- <laughs> yeah,
4: so this like this was news I think in like week eight or nine or ten like in it was it was a while ago that, but yes. like I just I don't understand the how you can play on with a broken foot, especially in your or a A, broken bone in your ankle. I just that
3: that. and Rodgers had a broken leg last year, and Tony Romo played with people played with. Broken back, I don't know how this shit works with football players. NFL players, players,
4: man, just a different breed. Yeah, he
3: had five touchdowns on the year. It's one of those things where um, bringing up Raven Green, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when he started practicing. I went on a bit of not a ramp but a tangent saying that they didn't think he would come back. I was actually talking about this outside linebacker who I forgot his name who was practicing as well that they were saying don't look into it for him coming back. Raven Green, I think, will play this week, but damn, I really, really wish he could have just suited up this week and got some snaps against Hollister because, and they've talked about it, the big debate this week, who are we more afraid of, Bosa or Kittle? I am scared shitless of
4: Kittle. Oh, terrified. That is
3: is what I'm worried about.
4: I'm sure tonight I'm going to wake up in a cold sweat (laughs) uh, thinking about that 70-yard bomb he had in week 12. Yep. Um, Yeah, he is the best tight end in the league. Don't. I don't want to hear it about Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Don't want to hear it about Ertz. He does everything. If you, his highlights his of him blocking phenomenal. on Danelle Hunter and Everson Griffin, he Watched was him.
3: dominating them. Stupid. Stupid. You you see him dominate them and then he
4: said, "Let's do it again." Yeah. Let's do it again. So, fuck. This I, guy is scary. I saw one, yeah, I saw one clip where he turned to the side and he said, "Run it again." And I I like I got literally frightened. Yes.
3: Yes. And those those two guys, Kittle uh he practiced this off season with Robert Tanyan and Bosa is cousins with Jake Kou- Kumaro. So that's the, Ooh, those so are the connections there. Bob
4: Tanyan is gonna have a kittle game, you're saying. S-
3: absolutely, that's it.
4: Uh the receivers
3: Sanders, Sanders, Debo Samuel, and Kendrick Bourne familiar name, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. Yeah, you see freaking Bukowski put no. that out there too. He was saying that Packer fans were pissed about not trading for Sanu. I don't remember ever ca- giving no. a shit about no, sanu No, that's it, straw man. It was Sanders, yeah. Talking about the defense quickly here, uh, they had the sixth most sacks in the league, and they also had the sixth most QB pressures. They had 48 sacks on the season. Armstead had 10, Bosa had nine. They're the ninth or the 17th rushing defense in the league. Looking at yards, they're the number one pass defense in the league. Obviously, they have Richard Sherman, who was a been pro Bowler. in the news quite a bit. Yep, him
4: and Bosa are the pro bowlers.
3: But that's it. That's what I have for. They just – the the,
4: their ability to never have to blitz and create pressure with four is what has gotten them that number one pass defense. Yeah. It's because those front four are just so damn menacing and so quick off the ball. That, it's spooky. Yeah. It's, it's going to be the biggest test yet. But, like, I don't – if you saw a lot of the interviews today, a lot of the players mentioned how – how different this week has been in yep. terms of process and preparation.
3: Rogers went on a bit of a tangent today too. Uh, we're recording on Wednesday. He was saying how the last six weeks, six or seven weeks, that the the entire team has a different process of going through the game and going through practice and stuff. So I'm I'm curious at the end of the
4: year if we're gonna hear exactly what that is. But they've been on a roll. I'd... Yeah. Well, he's he cited that Week Twelve game specifically. He said the. The weeks after that game is when it it switched, mm-hmm. and yep. you can see the drastic difference yes. in the team. And he said, "Yeah, that's what's helped reduce mental mistakes, which yep. has been right. seemingly biggest our thing. biggest heel. We haven't seen Rogers yelling at guys on the field yeah. as much as he's, you know pointing pointing to the right side of him and pointing where they had to go to line and up." And Devonte said exactly. The plan so far from what I've seen, I really like. I yep. feel like it's a better way to attack this defense, and I'm jacked up for it. Yeah. But I, with I was him specifically, I, my expectations for him are pretty tempered because... Devonte. Uh, yeah, I think the Niners know oh. that he is the stud on the team. Yep. And so I think they're going to do whatever they can to have anyone outside of 17 beat them. So uh, my expectations are tempered for him. I still think he he's going to produce, but... Um, for the most part, yeah, I think like him just mentioning how the approach and game plan is different gives me a lot of hope. Well, and that's the thing the game plan got all
3: screwed up. We talked about it in that episode as well. The first couple plays, I mean, we were down 14 nothing like five minutes into the game. Just yeah. stupid. We pick well, up the, actually, the one first down. Devontae gets this dumb penalty that should have been called. They have the sack. Brian Balaga goes out, which is, I think is a huge, huge, huge thing about this game. I'm hoping it's going to be a run first offense. That's the way to attack this team, set up the pass afterwards, and hopefully sneak out of there. If we score first, I think that changes the
4: whole complexion of this game. Yeah. And it's like, that's why it's very, very, and you can obviously use week 12 as like a, as yeah, the Niners are clearly the better team. But to just present it as that is just going to be replicated this week is yes. just so, I don't, so I, dumb, I, I think. I don't think too many
3: people are doing that. They're they're expecting the Niners to win. I guess obviously. a lot of
4: like the national people that I listen to and follow seem to be obsessed with what happened in that game. And we'll I just see. like you have to talk nothing, about nothing. Yeah, of course. And but a lot of people are just using it as, as if that's going to be replicated. But anyways, I think nothing Nothing more could have went wrong in week 12. Really? I mean it, like
3: we said the first quarter and the fourth quarter were just terrible or the Disaster. last First 2 minutes, the last 2 minutes of uh,
4: terrible terrible terrible. So yeah, like you said that's a perfect way to put it if we can just jump out early and just yeah, get you know, get a 7-0 lead, even get, you know, 3 points on the first possession just to, you know, feel like we're in it. I I I would Ideal scenario is we
3: kick off, they get the ball, we stop, and we score on our first drive. We're getting the ball back at halftime, and that's that's if that happens, then I am jumping. I am very happy, yes. uh, looking forward. It's one of those things too where we're the two seed, and it's like I want to temper my expectations. Uh, like w- episode one, our very first episode, the biggest the biggest takeaway for that for me was I'm gonna get broken. <laughs> this team is going to Sucked break in. me. I am I am ready. We for got it. a defense, and now we're actually here at the moment, and. You know, last week we looked at the last decade of the Green Bay Packers, broke some a lot of that down. This season is a great great setup to beat all those narratives we had the last decade. The two biggest, you know, enemies we had in that decade in the playoffs were the Seahawks and were the 49ers. We just beat the Seahawks, we can go in and beat the 49ers. On top of that, the one thing I don't want to start for this decade is this narrative of Matt Lafleur being the little brother to Kyle Shanahan, Ooh. which would, you know, every time we play the Niners now, that would be the thing: is that Shanahan has the upper hand against
4: Lafleur. Yeah, do not want that. Um, yeah, the the Niners and the Seahawks throughout Rogers illustrious, you know, career have kind of been the two big big mm-hmm. demons, and if he can exercise those demons in one playoff run, it would be. I'd be happy. But yeah, I'd I, be pretty I would, happy. I'd be I jacked think. for that, but. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention about the refs, because I know a lot. I'm sorry. I just. The Packers have entered rare territory of Internet. Tears, and they are just no matter what happens in a game, if even the most minute call happens against the Packers, like people are just going to run with it. That's just the reality of where we're at now. I love it. And sadly unfortunately the only way that ever changes is if we are absolutely screwed on a huge call in a Mm -hmm. huge moment yep so that's all i wanted to say i I like this i like sitting where we're at because one it's the
3: analytics bullshit it's everyone saying we're not good we're the worst 13 and 3 team ever blah 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 it's in the in the refs now too which is this national thing going on it's like we're we're the fucking patriots right now. Yeah. Nobody nobody wants us to Everybody win. Everybody hates us. Everyone's yep. rooting against us. Are we as good Are we a dynasty?
4: No. Soon though. Yeah. Ooh.
3: Maybe. But it's this is this is where you break the narratives. This is a very important game, in my opinion. It's getting to that point where you know all the all these years, these Super Bowl years and stuff, and now we're so invested because we have a dumb podcast doing this. Mm-hmm. You know how in the NFL Films thing they count it down; it's like three more games. Four, you know, two more games, one more game. It's so bad that I had the thought going into this. It's like, all right, three more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> two more podcasts. One more podcast. And it's like, God, I really am taking this shit way too seriously yeah. right now.
4: But <laughs> predictions for the game? I'm going to go 31-27. Good guys. Mm.
3: So you have the Packers covering and winning.
4: Yes. Well, covering and winning. Because <laughs> yeah, the they would have to. <laughs> yeah. All
3: right. Well, I am going to predict the game as well. A score of 20 to 23. I have the Green Bay Packers losing this game by a field goal. It is the same score that I had predicted last week. But... I'm, hey, I'm the realist on the show. You're you're the dumb fan. Right, I'm the, I'm the dumb level-headed All right, everybody.
4: One. I'm going to count it, count down from three, and we're all going to boo.
3: Hey, everything everything here is... Three. Ha- this happens for a reason, two, Kyle.
4: I talk... One. Boo. I wear the same shirt. Boo. I, I, wear th- I
3: wear the same jersey every week. Boo. Every time I pick the Packers to lose this year, we have won outright.
4: Okay, well, now you can't... Can you take it back? Can you oob? And take the yeah, boo away? No. Pl-
3: nothing? I won't. All right. Well, bold predictions. I think I've gone first the last couple of weeks. Are you ready for your bold prediction? Last week we were well close. No, we I still snake.
4: think. We do uh, snake. It predicts the game first.
3: You know, it's tough because I really I want to do MBS again. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> you know what? I'm going back to a different one. And we have to do it, who knows what, what happens next week? Give me a Danny Vitale touchdown. Fuck. He yeah. still hasn't had one. I remember John Kuhn at the beginning of the year, too, said he would have, you know, he set the over-under at five and a half. Nothing. Give me one Danny Vitale touchdown. Do it for the pod, please. Yes, do it for the pod. That would be. <laughs> ooh,
4: I love it. I love it. All right. Um, well, since we're revisiting old ones, Alan Lazard, two touchdowns.
3: God. Okay, okay. Yeah.
4: Hey, I'll let you have that what, one. What was the? God, I don't think that does that happen? mean?
3: Because uh, it's Alan Lazard again. I'm like, God. We. we it, it sucks because not bold uh, enough for. There, no, or? there's just only so many guys, um, right? Edge I was that you actually going to. I was just going
4: to because I, I'm telling you, I feel something boiling with Swerve and Irvin. I just, I feel oh, it I know, in dude, he, Something's coming, well, man. He, if, every and time I he touches to the, the ball, it he's back. getting ten yards. I wanted to run it back nope. with his, but I couldn't.
3: So, I, something's coming with Swerve, man. I wanted to make a joke about running it back with Irvin because he hasn't had a touchdown to score, but I won't be able to do that now. Yeah, but, that was awful. Yeah, this is a. Uh, Pretty big week. Deep, deep breaths. Once again, it's do or die territory. It's scary. It's it's funny to have nerves about something that has absolutely fucking yeah. nothing to do with yeah. your life.
4: And like being such heavy underdogs too. Like I, I love like, that. Like the house money thing. It's so cliche, but I mean, nobody thinks the Packers are gonna win. So yeah. that's that brings me some relief. To where, yeah, if if they lose, it's like, well, no, no, no. Ugh. Take back that loser talk. Just, I, they're gonna.
3: Well, I like I like loser thinking just so that it doesn't break us because we've been broken so many times. Yes. And it's like, honestly, it's either win or get shit on. That's where I'm at. I am fine with either. I'm saying like we're down two scores the entire game because it just makes it so much easier. Yeah. You don't lose sleep. Yeah. <laughs> when, when those yeah. Happen. I don't
4: know. Just, just, just win. That's it. Just, just win. win. Just win, baby. Cut it. Just win. But with that,
3: the outro of the episode. I don't think I've brought up the last couple weeks. Please subscribe, leave a five star rating. You can leave a five star review. If you leave a review, take a screenshot and we will send you a koozie mm. if you send us the screenshot and the address. Sorry, Tommy, who's who's on vacation in Hawaii once again. He will send out you he will send to you a koozie. That's that's it. It's scary time. Looking forward, and like I've said with the superstitions and trying to keep everything together, we're gonna keep it with the band. The playout music last week, the band is going to be the playout music for the rest of the playoffs. So please, the band, please don't sue us.
4: Just win. No pack go. When I
1: get over this mountain, you know where I wanna go. Straight down the Mississippi River to the Gulf of Mexico. And she told me just to come on by if there's anything that she could do. Keep